All right, let's do it. Episode 28. Finally. <laughs> we actually, okay, just so if anybody's wondering, we actually have not re- actually recorded an episode in what, like a month? At least. Because first, we were having problems with the podcast host. Yes. Then, we got lazy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but we were staggering them so you people weren't overwhelmed. Exactly. We had a couple saved up because we couldn't post them. Right. And now you're get, you were getting the backlog. Yeah, right. So... You know, we got some stuff to kept, catch up on, apparently. Apparently. Okay, well, let's do it. Um, oh, hey, by the way, and this is something that I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts on my iPod when I'm at work and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, do you think that it's important to introduce ourselves at the beginning? Because we haven't been doing it. Um, I think most of the podcasts I listen to, they do. Yeah. Okay. Well, but see, here's our standard intro, which we're delaying by a minute. But take us in, Phil. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? Jews in space! <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. The so, nod to where I was getting the voice. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Totally. History All right. of the World Part 2. Ooh. Getting a little <laughs> meta there, aren't you? <laughs> All right. So, um, oh. I have a friend. His name is Biggest Dickus. <laughs> That's my favorite joke from History of the World Part 1. Indeed. No, really. His name is Biggest Dickus. <laughs> and then the one guard is killed, like trying not to laugh so hard. Oh, man. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> I always like, it's good to be the king. Piss boy. That was never my favorite. And uh, it's a very memorable line, but it wasn't my favorite. It's good to be the king. All right, all right. So anyway... Um, and, and here's a here's a very um, obscure shout out. We were just discussing it before we started recording. Uh, hopefully the mic gain is uh, high enough for <laughs> the one fan who actually. Do I need to get really close like this? <laughs> now you're just being facetious. But um, for the one fan who actually does contact fifty uh, percent of the creators of this podcast. <laughs> Um, but thank you. You know who you are. You're listening, I think, still. Maybe. Um, so anyway, uh, just throw it out there. Kenufbi at gmail.com. Remember it, love it. Live it, love it, learn it. All right. So what do we got? Send something to it. Yeah, yeah, Send totally. us your chain mail. Send, I don't know. Yeah, we made the same joke, but like, you know, send, I don't care. Send <laughs> us know, whatever you got. Send us Jesus will give me a surprise if I send it on to nine people. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? I love Jesus surprises. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the last few Jesus surprises I've gotten were sort of disappointing. <laughs> Step it up, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh boy. Okay. We'll can you demanding tell we, our Lord and Father? Have, can you tell we haven't done one of these in a while? We're sort of. We're, oh, we're both on right now. Anyway, so <laughs> what we were kind of thinking about doing on this one was sort of a cleanup of some of the previous uh, episodes, things we maybe May mentioned have and teased and yeah, never yeah. talked about. So basically, this is like. You can equate it to this. Mm. This is like going out on like three or four different dates and then just getting a little peck on the cheek and then tonight, bam, you're in there like swimwear. I don't appreciate that, uh, that, uh, yeah, no. Now, is that getting too scatological for you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, come What's on. it to you, sir? <laughs> It's very much to me, sir. I wouldn't <laughs> want to offend anyone's delicate sensibilities. 
On this podcast, puns and intelligent jokes are all that's accepted. Ooh. Maybe I should remove the explicit tag from our <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> Unless we're talking about, like, uh, dying in your arms in the Elizabethan sense. Exactly. Oh, wow. Where are we going with this? I don't know. Okay. You started it. Uh, <laughs> nuh uh <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Enough with this merriment. Craziness. I've had enough with this merriment. We now shall get down to the serious business of <laughs> Legion. <laughs> Legion. Which the uh, creators of Legion mm-hmm. felt it was very serious business. Apparently. You know? Well, I don't know. I well, mean, yeah. I, I, judging that uh, Dennis Quaid performance <laughs> to be at all serious. <laughs> Dennis Quaid basically through that whole movie looked like he was going, oh Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortgage is due. Come on. Can we <laughs> I'm get just going to ham it up a little bit. Can we get this over with? And I mean, come on. Casting Lucas Black in anything? Well, yeah, but... Okay, so... Anyway, let's, let's rewind just a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of that scene from Ace Ventura. Um, but Legion is about basically the second flood of Noah, but it's not a flood. It's an attack of angels upon humanity. Angels. Yes. And it's weird, though, because it doesn't really seem like angels. It seems like zombies. Well, the possessed, but they're possessed by angels instead of demons. <laughs> Angels and demons. Okay, sorry. Um, well, didn't we talk about that? Yes, already? we did. Sorry. So. Um, but anyway. So yes, uh, uh, angels attack the earth. Bad things ensue. This uh, non-hilarity, if you will. Indeed. Um, this gal who's pregnant at like a truck stop in the middle of the desert. Her baby is the savior of the earth. So, um, whatever his name is, Paul Bettany is the renegade angel. And he decides to go and protect said baby. Exactly. So, said baby... Wait a minute, no, see, here's... Said unborn. Right, no, but see here, I'm skipping way ahead, but um, just to complete, I guess, the the thing is is that the, the people that are attacking this truck stop and or the rest of humanity, are not actually angels. They're people possessed by angels. Correct. So you can shoot them, mm-hmm. and they will die. Right. But cert- at certain times in the movie, which is never explained very well, mm-hmm. there are actual angels that like, like the ice cream man. Wasn't he an, an- actual angel? No, he was just possessed. Oh, well. He didn't have the wings. Only the guy from Lost and Paul Bettany ever had the wings in the movie. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and I watched this movie. Believe me. (laughs) So anyway. So uh, it's directed by a guy who was a special effects guy who worked with Jim Cameron on, like, Avatar, I think. Right. Um, And uh, you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have a hell of a lot of command over his actors. Well, and then, you know, of course. You know, he just lets rock be rock. Oh, God, I was just going to say, you know, uh, Charles Dutton, (laughs) you know, he's doing his his, his sort of standard, you know, everything I say is important kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's like, come on, you're in fucking Legion. (laughs) Really, you know. And so um, Dennis Quaid is... Okay, let me just see if I got this right. Dennis Quaid plays the owner of the truck stop, right. who is also the father 
of Lucas of Black. Lucas Black, who is not the father of the baby. But the, would like to be. Would the like baby to be. Daddy. He yeah, he's he wants to be the weekend baby daddy or whatever the hell. Uh-huh. And the girl who's carrying the baby Doesn't is bother. basically an a-hole. Exactly. And I was not rooting for her in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Seriously, she's an asshole. Now, is this stemming from some personal experience with... Uh... None whatsoever. Okay. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so, no. It, no actually, no. It was it basically... The, in the movie, I got the feeling that in certain sections of the movie, you're supposed to sort of be rooting for her to uh, make it and be this good person and everything else. And then in other sections of the movie, she is portrayed as this real asshole. Right. And so it was very uneven. Mm-hmm. You know, some parts of the movie, you're like, oh, she's fairly likable. Right. Some parts of the movie, you're like, well, fuck off. You know, and so... You know, there was some weird weirdness to the movie, just plot-wise. I didn't get why they would were going back and forth, up and down for the from the roof to the diner or whatever. It's like the roof seems a little safer, right? I'd go up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. well, well, and the thing is too is that like, and I think it was even in a title of one of the previous pod, like God, who knows how long ago podcast, uh, Angels versus Machine Guns, right? And they sort of. I think that they found a fairly, uh, they found a loophole where you could use it, uh, machine guns versus angels because they weren't actually angels. They right. were people possessed by angels. There you go. And, uh, you know. It, it makes so much sense. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, come on. I bought into it right away. I'm like, this could totally happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tyrese as the, uh, the, the sort of, what, what was he... They never really explained his character. Basically, he was a guy on his way to Vegas for like some sort of a child cust- a custody. custody hearing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was, but of indeterminate job. But he was carry. He was packing. All right. Well, because you know, Phil. Let me tell you a secret real quick and lean in real close. Black guys got guns. Oh. Oh. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> All of them, right? Pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he was supposed to be this sort of urban character. <laughs> I can't believe I just said to urban. Give, to give the movie some street cred. Exactly. Can't you just imagine some guy in Hollywood like, let's put Tyrese in the movie. It'll give the movie some street cred. Right. The kids, you know, they like the, 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 the and, rapping. And he'll and, be kind of, a, you know, a maybe rapper. And we'll give him a gun. And people will like him in the inner city places. And then, and then and you know, he's got the Escalade, right? That's what the... <laughs> <laughs> that's what the rappers drive, right? Cadillacs. With the, Smith, with the Mr. Snoop Dogg. The urban folk love the Cadillacs. Oh, wow, we are making fun of about six different demographics right now. So, <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, it, I think that uh, and the, there were supposed to be a couple little twists in the movie mm. that every single one of them, I'm like, oh man, come on, really? <laughs> like with the little kid, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, skip ahead, I don't know. The rate we talk about movies, hour and a half or so. Um, but uh, with the little kid, with the with his dad, they pull into the gas station and uh, Tyrese. They're they're attacking the dad and the kid, and he runs out to save him. And I'm like, you fucking moron. Yes, it was I mean, like it was like the Dawn of the Dead with the girl and the dog moment. We are like, really, just 
Killer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. So, anyway, if you didn't see that one coming in uh, Legion, then sorry, but that yeah. was that was fairly obvious. Fairly. And, yeah. So, I was actually, the one thing that did sort of take me by surprise a little bit, mm. which was not a plot development per se. Ooh, busting out the big words now. Um, per se. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> Shut up. We haven't done this in a long time. That's a three-letter word and a two-letter word, and somehow... It's a big word for me. <laughs> um, so anyway. It's Latin, goddammit. Damn it. So uh, I was actually a little surprised that uh, that uh, Mr. Rock got killed off as quickly as he did. I thought he was going to be toward the end, like the one that would maybe die, like, say, third to last, <laughs> or like second to last. Well, but it's Charles S. Dutton, and he just wants to show up to pay the mortgage. Well, no, he wants to spout off profoundly and, then pay, and then pay the mortgage. Exactly. Get all teary-eyed with Tyrese. Yeah, yeah. Son, uh, I was filled with anger. At one you gotta point. live your life right. I was filled with anger. Then, <laughs> well, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> so go, go back to the uh, strip mall church that you preach in. Exactly. So, but okay. Toward the end, I thought um, uh, the one th- the one thing that I oh two things. Sorry, I got to go back. The middle of the movie, the baby. Uh, middle of the movie, two thirds through the way, whatever. Baby's actually born. Okay, mm. this baby's born fine, whatever. The baby survived, great. So now they got to try and protect the baby. Right. Okay. So this is like sort of Jesus 2.0. Mm. Um, and the thing that threw me off was that the girl had the baby in this truck stop on the floor or whatever, right? Right. And literally, like. Five minutes later, she's up and running around, <laughs> shooting a machine gun at people. And I'm like, really? I guess, you know, desperation? Plays no. Des- no. <laughs> I, no. No. Uh, no. Any woman out there, and I... Come on, haven't you ever heard of suspension of disbelief, man? Sure, totally. I'm all about it. I mean, I could believe Val Kilmer is Batman, for Christ's sake. Oh my goodness. But Speaking of him, I saw a picture of him in the paper, and he looked like the Michelin Man. Oh, he's bloated. He is a little Which bit. Which is weird, because... And this His head's is, like a triangle now. The yeah. jaw is like three inches of fat on each side. No, which is weird, though, because... This is one movie that I completely forgot that I watched recently mm-hmm. until just now, which was Top Gun. He was a rail in Top Gun. Yeah. And you know that in that movie, everybody's naked all the time, except yeah. for Kelly McGillis, which is fucking stupid because the movie was aimed at guys. Obstensibly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, whatever. Well, but Kelly was a lesbo. So. Sure. So, well, I guess it all sort of works out. Yeah, <laughs> she was as uninterested as the men as the men in the audience were. Yeah. Huh. Wow. <laughs> okay. So anyway, there was planes in that movie. There were. They shot people down. Oh my hell! And then they were right on top of them and took pictures. It was funny. It was. I anyway. wanted to be an Air Force pilot. <laughs> Wasn't that Air Force? It was that Navy. Well, and they whatever. Were, and they were 
They were uh, flying right into the danger zone. <laughs> Kenny Loggins told me so. Hey, Kenny Loggins. Word <laughs> up, Kenny Loggins. Anyway, word to your mom. Word to your moms, Kenny Loggins. So, anyway, <laughs> why am I so off track right now? I don't know. Um, Legion and the the ending, you know, it's like the ultimate Deus Ex Machina. When God actually does something in your Right, movie. well, but like, see... Like, give him back his wings. But see, that was another one that I totally saw coming. I guess I should like, have said spoiler alert on that one, but anyway. Well, we already did. Basically, uh, we're going to just say spoiler alert right at the beginning. If you don't like it, fuck off. We'll just spoil everything for you. <laughs> the guy in... Or the girl in the crying game is a guy. Nuh-uh. What? What? <laughs> Shut up, disembodio. <laughs> Call back. Oh, wow. This is random. Anyway. Um, so. And we're back. Um, <laughs> we had to reboot there for a second. Um, so, anyway. Legion, I actually, I, I, have, I think I said this before when we were talking about it, is that I tend to be kind of a sucker for the, the whole sort of, God and angels and whatever movies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did actually sort of enjoy the movie. I, I mean, did. If you sort of, if you don't... In broad strokes, it's okay. Yeah. It, when you actually start thinking about it, you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't, like, say to somebody, don't watch it. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, you know, check it out. It's not, uh, it's not terrible. And, and, <laughs> and honestly, it had the potential to be very, very bad. Yes, but it 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 didn't. It wasn't. It was only very bad. mildly bad. It was only sort of yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Uh, Legion, like I said, check it out if you want. <laughs> if you were interested, maybe give it a watch. No, that's a, see, that's the description I used. I remember I was listening to one of the podcasts later on that mm. we did, and I don't remember which one it was, but I I said something about if you were interested, watch it. Cool. If not. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah. you know. So that's sort of my... It's not great enough to yeah, get you over the home. It's not like, you have to see this. Um, but go, going along with the same theme there, we're, I'm going to go with themes here, and we'll switch themes, obviously. But, <laughs> as um, needed. <laughs> <laughs> as prescribed by your movie doctor. Um, but uh, End of Days. I just watched End of Days! That. End of Days was... With the governor. <laughs> the governor of California. Smil- I'm, I'm smiling so much I can't even do the accent. I love I love Arnold. Arnold. I did watch finally the the 160 best Schwarzenegger quotes ever. Really? Your brother sent me this email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my god, it took me like I don't know why, but it took me like a month to to actually go and watch it. Right. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> so if you are listening, go check out on YouTube. I think it's the 160 best Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. It is somebody took the time to actually edit out of all of his movies 160 quotes. It's like 10 minutes long. It is fucking awesome. Your luggage. Yeah, yeah. It's like the worst. And then there's like this whole like full minute of him just going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It's so (laughs) awesome. I love it. So thank you, Charlie. I appreciated it. Indeed. So anyway, end of days. End of days. 
do the uh, do the recap there, Phil, because I know that you're Mr. Hyams aficionado. Aficionado. I'm the only one in the world who will admit to it outside of Peter Hyams' mother and wife. <laughs> um, and his wife is a little iffy on it. <laughs> He's like, like, maybe like some he should give stuff. it up. I like some of your stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. So this was in the middle of his career free fall. Somehow, um, they, okay, so shooting started. Okay, we'll give you a backstory before I give you a story. Okay. So shooting started on the movie with Marcus Nispel directing, I think, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. And uh, some creative differences. And Arnold said, fuck off! Basically, out of here. creative differences meaning Arnold didn't like him. Right. Yeah. And so he went to, um, to James Cameron and said, you know, I got this movie, we're all set up. You, you know, sound like Hans and Franz, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why do I ever... Okay, so we hit the pump. You up? I am here to fire Marcus Nispel. <laughs> but anyway, so um, he uh, goes to Jim Cameron. Jim Cameron says, "You know who you should get? You should get Peter Hyams because he's available and he's decent." <laughs> because and, he's been living in my guest house for the last <laughs> two weeks, and I need to get him out. Dude. God, give this guy something. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Hyams comes on board, directs the picture, and uh, Hollywood classic is born. Um, Obviously. So, uh, uh, Arnold is a former something or other acting as a private security person. He's a former cop, which is only mentioned once in the whole movie. Right. But, so, yeah, go ahead. Um, so, at working as private security, contract security for... Um, this company, uh, and he ends up protecting the devil. But see, you're skipping ahead a little bit. No, only like five minutes of the movie. Well, those are the first five minutes are fairly important, <laughs> would you say? Are they? Okay, whatever, go ahead. I mean, the dude get um, uh, portrayed by the Irish guy. Gabriel I, Byrne? There you go. Um, so Gabriel Byrne play, uh, get, uh, is marked, and he gets taken over by the devil at the end of days. And, um... At the beginning of the movie, End of Day. Ooh. Oh, my. I just blew my own mind. And, uh, Robin Tunney is supposed to be his wife. Uh, and give birth to the Antichrist. Right. Um, at the end of days. At the end of days. You just like saying the end I of days. I do! Yeah, yeah, I cannot say it any other way. But anyway. And so, Arnold must protect her from the devil. Um, and the movie ensues. <laughs> the movie ensues. <laughs> it's like, there's your setup, and go. Right. Well, um, okay, so, um, Robin Tunney, okay. Well, Robin Tunney, the worst actress of the oh, past 20 good years. Lord. Well, see, I was watching, I rewatched it fairly recently, and I was, I was just, right when the credits came on. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is a very oddly cast movie. Because, okay, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who... At the time, still was arguably a fairly big star. He was, he was, the, he was going down. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, he was, hadn't gotten to uh, the sixth day yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, okay, so you got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh -huh. Gabriel Byrne always plays a reliable bad guy. Right. He's like Alan Rickman. He's not anything necessarily spectacular. He's a general British bad guy. He's, you know, he's respectably bad. Right. Whatever. Huh? But then you get into this sort of second tier of actors and you go, what the hell are they talking about? Robin Tunney. Uh-huh. Which, Robin Tunney, what, 
I don't know why. I mean, she must give a really good blowjob because yeah. her career was far in advance of her talent Ooh, in the late yeah. 90s. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, Kevin Pollack yeah. as like the wisecracking sidekick, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's sort of one of these guys that people think of as funny only because he is thought of as funny. Right. Not because he's actually funny. Well, he's a stand-up guy. I've never seen his stand-up. He's not bad, but it's like he's not... I don't know. So then, okay, you go <laughs> down the line. Udo Kier. Udo! You bore me. <laughs> anyway, um, Udo Kier, which obviously Udo Kier is awesome no matter awesome. what he does. I don't care what and he's doing. And CCH Pounder. Phil, you stepped all over it. Then the best name in Hollywood <laughs> ever. I don't care if you're Clark Gable. John Wayne, fucking Elvis Presley. No, CCH Pounder. Best name ever. Which would also be an awesome porn name. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Are you kidding me? Of course it would be. <laughs> well, maybe for a man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Okay, um, so anyway. Well, I was um, thinking for, you know, this middle-aged black woman, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You just put an image in my head that will never go away. And my work here is done. Phil, Um, uh, this podcast has officially come to an end. (laughs) I can no longer continue. I I must respectfully resign. Yeah, CCH Pounder. um, And uh, I don't know. Hyams was becoming like Carpenter. Um, he was having people in, in in the same roles all the time. Sure. Mark Margolis, who played the mayor in uh, Relic, okay, it has a very small part in End of Days. As oh fuck, I can't remember. No, I remember the name in the credits. Like it's funny. I don't know why I remember the credits so well, but like well, uh, because uh, Martin. Be- oh, the reason you remember the name is because both Mark Margolis and Miriam Margolis are in the movie. So two people. That's with the same what it name was. Yeah, yeah. Are in the picture. Um. <coughs> well, I just remember thinking too. And Miriam Margolis is like my favorite part of that movie. I have to say. Which her one? stepmother or whatever? Oh, the the older like, when she goes crazy pushing yeah, the piano on yeah, yeah. and shit. Arnold gets his ass whooped by this by, like, old fat lady who's like probably <laughs> like five feet tall. Yep, it's the best. I just remember thinking too, like, uh, oh, Mark Margolis is the one who ends up in the tub with his throat slit. Oh, the butler. Yeah, yeah. Guy? Okay, yeah, okay. Um, but I just remember thinking in that movie, I'm like. Schwarzenegger, and, and I think that we talked about this when we first watched the movie. Yeah. Oh, so many years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just remember thinking, God, Schwarzenegger is just getting his ass kicked left and right in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't... The only time that he yeah. actually wins a fight, even in the slightest, mm-hmm. is uh, when the mob of like possessed people are attacking him. He, beat, he, you know, he uh, beats up like... Five or six guys, but then ends up getting swarmed over anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, though, uh, that Peter Hyams, to me, came on so late in the picture because so much of the picture resembles a Peter Hyams movie. Um, well, how late did he noticed, come on, though? It had started shooting, and it was paused to f- after they fired. They had started shooting when Marcus Nispel was fired. Yeah, but what? But see, my question is, is that... It, the actual movie that you see, uh-huh. it, say for example that it, okay, I don't know, he's fired after say two weeks. Script, actors, everything cast. Okay. So he came on with a finished product and merely guided it 
to the end. Okay, okay. Um, I get you. But so much of it resembles it. You know, he, he manages to work in the Spota reference, which I guess is like his wife's maiden name. Right, right. Um, and uh, he somehow, I don't know if he rewrote it or if this was already here, but if you've ever noticed in Haim's pictures, there's always a scene. I wonder what that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always a scene where the bad guy sits down with a good guy and they have a chat. Sure, yeah. And uh, and the, he managed to work that in, the temptation moment. Oh, yeah. And I tell you, it's rare for um, Schwarzenegger's directors, but Hyams teased out some actual emotion from He that actually guy. did. And see, the thing is, is like there were a few times where you went, oh, man, that's kind of cheesy. But there were actually a few times where you went, Wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually acting right now. <laughs> no. And I was like, and I had sort of forgotten that a little bit between the, you know, shots of him, you know, uh, blowing people's heads off and stuff, <laughs> but which is with any Schwarzenegger movie. But I was thinking, God, you know, if there's any movie where Schwarzenegger actually sort of emoted that you could believe a little bit as, you right. know, that would be the one maybe. Yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of amazing because a couple years later, um, with Robert Roger Spottiswoody, uh, Spottiswood, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 That's and the an sixth joke, day, there's uh, it's it's like embarrassing. Oh, God, I mean, there's that, that scene, scene with with him and like the the cop uh, uh, shop or whatever, where he's like holding his head in his hands, and he's over sort of rocking around. I know, and, and you're like, oh God, this is painful. Please stop doing that. Don't stop emoting. Yeah, yeah. No, but well, here's another thing too about Schwarzenegger in that movie. I was trying to think of, and you'll probably think of something immediately and make me look like a fool, but um, <laughs> what... That's my job. <laughs> I, I'm sort of like the retard version <laughs> of, of a movie fan, and Phil's the actual movie fan. But, um, okay, is what other movies has Schwarzenegger died in, uh-huh. aside from End of Days and the Terminator movies? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, see, I was thinking about that, and I'm going that I think that, and I don't think that I never really got the impression that Schwarzenegger himself maybe right. said, "Oh, I would not die in this movie," <laughs> you know. But he would never really take a movie. He wanted to be the hero, you right. know. And he want I want to kill the whole. I want to kill half the population of Colombia <laughs> to save my daughter. Yeah, you know. But, I mean. Yeah. If you, you know what, listeners, if you can find a movie where Schwarzenegger dies, aside from the Terminator movies, because those don't count, <laughs> yeah. and End of Days, please let us know at canyoufbi.gmail.com. We can't remember. Um, if there is anything to remember. Because he didn't die in the sixth day. Well, His but he clone had clones. Did. Right, clones, whatever. Anything. That doesn't count either. Uh-huh. You know what? My clone died last week. (laughs) You overworked him. Totally. Um, But I'll say this. End of Days, uh, you know, it has some ridiculous performances. Robin Tunney is an annoyance. Oh, God. You know what what part I liked? You know what performance I liked best from Robin Tunney? Mm. Was when she took her shirt off. There you go. For that eighth of a second. (laughs) And she had a habit of doing that. Didn't she do it in Supernova, too? Yeah, just for like that, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know what, whatever. But anyway, um, so, but it does have its moments. There are some excellent special effects at the end. There are, the, the devil effect at the end is very good. I yeah. like that a lot. And the, the wave of flame over the church, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Sure. 
It's very good. Uh, um, and, you know, like we said, you somehow they got Arnie to act. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's a generally involving thing. You're not gonna, you're not gonna miss your two hours if you sit down and watch sure. End of Days. Sure. I will do a shout out to my brother. Yeah. Who we did see this together, oh. and he was a touch, uh, uh, he had imbibed a bit. Fairly, uh, well, okay, let's, let's say, um, chemically enhanced. Yes. Blitzed, In- maybe. No, I would, oh, come on, Phil, let's take it back a notch. <laughs> I, I, chemically enhanced, I love it. Okay, and uh, and maybe he'll remember, maybe he won't. We don't know how how chemically <laughs> how enhanced he was, um, but yes, uh, he started screaming Peter Hyams's name in the picture when the when the credit first appeared. Nice. I had to control him a little nice. bit. Oh, you know what? Just we just this, this conversation about Robin Tunney taking her shirt off for like half a second <laughs> just reminded me of this. There is a there is a very weird scene in that movie mm-hmm. where More Gabriel me. Byrne comes over to Udo Kier's house uh-huh. and the daughter, Udo Kier's daughter and wife are there and they have this like weird three-way yeah. with the mom and the daughter uh-huh. and like they melt into each other and everything and I had forgotten about that actually. And, and turn went, into Robin Tunney. Well, at the very end, yeah. Right. But, like, there was this whole big scene where they were all doing it, and I was like, wow, this is weird. This is literally, like, incest, and, like, the mom and the daughter, like, are making out, and I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Weird, you know? <laughs> the other thing, the one last thing I'm going to say about it is that um, Gabriel Byrne, most of the time, is a guy who doesn't really try to hide his accent. He's Irish or whatever. Right. In that movie, he had a New York accent. I had completely forgotten that. Huh. And it sounds very weird coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's a bad accent. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not where you go, whatever, you know? you know? But it just sounds weird. It's I gotta, very nasal and very just, whoa, whatever. <laughs> I gotta say, okay, two more things on End of Days, and then I promise we'll be off the subject. The, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is after the devil takes Gabriel Byrne and inhabits his body, he comes out, grabs the woman's tit, Kisses her, stares down her husband, and then walks out of the restaurant. Right. It's the best scene. Yeah, yeah. And then the restaurant explodes behind him. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, go Um, ahead. And then the second thing is we have forgotten to mention uh, that Rod Steiger gives (laughs) the most overblown performance in film history. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about that earlier, and yeah, Rod Steiger, uh, you know, there are things here you you cannot comprehend. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and he's got those big, giant, weird glasses on and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, who's the guy that plays the Pope in that movie? Another uh, uh, regular in Hyams' repertoire. Oh, God. who? But he's in, like, Pie, and uh, yeah. he's also an Aronofsky regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny to see him as the Pope. I'm like, really? <laughs> You're the... And, you know, and, okay. But, yeah, Rod Steiger. Just watch Rod Steiger in that movie and say, okay... If I'm gonna be an actor, don't do this. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, he he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's Oscar nominated from 40 years ago. Right. That doesn't mean he still knows how to act. Right. Right. Because I mean, ooh. yeah, no, he's got. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Everything comes out loud. Right. And like very sort of sharp. Like his his dialogue is very sharp. You have no idea what's going on here. You need to have faith. It's like, god damn, sorry. 
Jeez. Anyway, okay. so it's, a, it's always been Check it out. A, a firm thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah, definitely. I, I, I was very, uh, I was not disappointed when I rewatched it. There you go. That's a very, very uh, <laughs> ringing endorsement. That's mincing your words yeah, yeah. a little bit. Okay, so anyway, what do we got next? I don't know. What do we have next? Uh, well, we're going to have to switch themes here because we don't have any other themes. Oh, cop and a half. Cop and a half! Calling back to the last episode. And if anybody has seen the picture of the last episode, I'm very proud of that. Because I found that online and um, I wasn't proud to see it, but I was proud to post it. You were covering your eyes a little bit. I was bit like you. doing the sort of like, um, can I sort of watch just one little part of this little picture? <laughs> um, yes, I did. I had mentioned previously that I would watch Cop and a Half and we might talk about it. I don't think really it's that interesting to particularly talk about, but... No, no. Um, uh, it is... Uh, it has its moments. Everything the, has its moments. The, sure. the child is not completely annoying. Um, what's it? What's it? Who, who was that kid? Was nobody. It, nobody? Okay. Nobody. I thought um, maybe so he came out to be somebody. The plot is um, the kid, for some reason, is in you know said abandoned warehouse in the middle of the night, views a mob killing, and uh, and uh, he's always wanted to be a cop. So in order to give his evidence and identify the killers, he uh, forces the cops to uh, make him the partner of Burt Reynolds. So basically, the kid's a blackmailer. Exactly. Okay, kids, here's the lesson. <laughs> if you got something over somebody, no matter what it is, blackmail is the answer. Exactly. So, uh, you know, Burt Reynolds is the kind of your typical rogue cop. Oh, sure. Driving around in a, like a Thunderbird uh, in the streets of Tampa. Uh, and oh, my God. <laughs> and so, yes, it's set in Tampa. It was, in fact, intended to be the sequel to Kindergarten Cop. But see, okay... You mentioned that before we started recording, and here's the thing that I don't get. Yeah. Was it supposed to be the same character, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character? It would have character? been the Arnold Schwarzenegger character if Arnold had wanted to do the movie. Okay. So, in the Cop and a Half movie that actually got made, was there any reference to... No, because uh, there's, no, there's no Arnold. They just said, you know what, just make this a, a movie on its own. With okay. A, a kid and a cop. Gotcha. Okay. Instead Proceed. of Arnold and a kid. Gotcha. Proceed. Um, so, uh, you know, Arnold takes the kid under his wing, or not Arnold. Arnold Bert, whoa, okay. Bert takes his kid under, uh, the kid under his wing, you know, to start some protestations. But it, oh, I'm he sure. He gives away in the end, you know. Yeah, right. It's one of those scenes <laughs> I can just imagine. I've never seen the movie. Yeah. But I can just imagine the scene in the, in the chief's office. <laughs> Was there the scene? There are I don't want to do it. This is just a kid. Yes. Uh, yeah. Bingo! I've never even seen the movie! <laughs> but so, you know, Ruby D is like the kid's grandma. Who knows where the mother and the father are, but the kid's living with his grandma, goes, goes to school in the rough neighborhood in Tampa. Really? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's. it's, it's uh, you want, if, if you've got it, if you see it on Encore on a Saturday afternoon where you don't have a lot else to do, it's a good hour and a half. Right. Um, but uh, I do want to point out that apparently it was the summer and uh, they couldn't afford too many fans on set. <laughs> <laughs> because if you watch the picture, 
You know, you can play a drinking game with how many times a bird shirt is, like, completely soaked through with sweat. Oh, God. I mean, you know what? times you're like, did that just change color? Oh, oh it's wait. sweat. He's sweating. <laughs> That's horrible because, you know, honestly, you hear these stories about how, you know, actors on set, it's like, okay, the lights are really hot or it's really cold and it's supposed to be summer, but it's cold. It's no. It's like September, and it's supposed right. to be summer, and they're in their bikinis, and they're freezing their butts off, or uh-huh. the, you, whatever. And it's like, you know, as a director, you think you'd want to sort of cover their asses a little bit more than <laughs> that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But not well, in this Apparently case. not in Cop and a Half. But it was, it was I guess, uh, Bert's comeback. Not labeled as such, but, but yeah, he had been doing Evening Shade and other stuff oh, on sure. TV. For yeah. a long time. So yeah. this was his first movie in like eight years. Well, sure. And it was before, you know, obviously it was before Boogie Nights or whatever. Right, which was labeled his official comeback. Right, sure. But I do remember thinking that like when I... Because I, did, didn't that movie come out when we were still working at the movie theater? Which one? Cop and a Half. No, before. I think that came out when I was like in 92, 93. Okay, so just before. Yeah. Okay. So I remember thinking, oh, Burt Reynolds... Whoa, another, because I, you know, he, he was one of these guys that you always think of, oh, he's a big movie star, he fell off the map, and he's sort of doing these real cheesy whatever things, yeah. and then you see a poster for Cop and Half, and you go, oh, well, at least he's in a movie again. I, <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. you know, it's like you think, well, at least he's in a movie again, uh, I don't want to see it, but okay, yeah. <laughs> But good for him. Okay, good on you. you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my review of Cop and a Half. Uh, Lazy Sunday afternoon. Sure. Fare. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those movies. I think there's so many of those movies where yeah. it's like, if they're just on TV, you just sort of have them on. And it's like, even if you sort of do something else for 10 minutes, you come back, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you haven't on. missed too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. It's still on. You That's can Bert catch Reynolds. up pretty quick. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, he's charming. I mean, there's. Bert Reynolds a, there's, can not, not be charming. I know. It's, it's, he's thoroughly watchable. I've oh, totally. To, I've come to that opinion. I don't care if he's in the worst direct-to-video action movie where he just plays this sergeant that doesn't care. <laughs> he's still charming. Exactly. You know? Shit, I'd fuck him. Ew. Whoa. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Okay. So That's anyway. an admission. <laughs> anyway. You heard it here first. Hey, breaking news. Check TMZ.com. All right. Well, do you want to take a cigarette break? Or? I think we should, actually. This is uh, getting a little weird, considering I just said that I might fuck Burt Reynolds. So, yeah. I think we'll be right back. And you know what's funny? We'll be out of there for ten minutes. It'll be one second for you listeners. Fucking enjoy. And we're back. You wouldn't know. Oh, don't insult our listeners, Phil. Our listeners. I am insulting our listeners. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, listeners. <laughs> I didn't mean they that. I love it. you. They deserve all oh. just for listening to this. Well, <laughs> that may be a comment on taste, not intelligence. Ooh, bada bing, yeah, buzzing. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> we had uh, we, okay. So we had two movies that we were going to talk about that were themed. One was not. Correct. What, what would you rather do? We'll do the not first and close with the. Okay. Cool. Pictures. Sounds good. So the sixth. Sense. Yes, the sixth sense. An M Night Shamalamadingo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was so weird because that was a spontaneous joke from the both of us. Yeah. Like you didn't tell me that joke. 
I didn't tell you that joke. We both made it up, yeah. like independently. <laughs> so, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it made the guy famous. It did. So, uh, movie uh, for those for the two of you in the world that have not seen this picture, <laughs> okay, um, yeah. uh, it's about Bruce Willis is a therapist working with this uh, kid who can see dead people and who spoiler has spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's like the first ten minutes of the movie. But anyway, so um, that was supposed to be ironical, Phil, because everybody in the world has seen that I love or I see dead people. I love dead people. I see dead people. Okay, go ahead. Phil's hanging his head right now, by the way. <laughs> In it's good, shame. It's a good thing this is not a visual podcast. <laughs> There'd be some glare from the yeah. computer. Um, what was I going to say? And so the kid is a little damaged because dead people talk to him. And uh, mother, Tony Collette. Uh, yeah, which it was a very odd part. Well, it's just well, one of her best. At the time, it, okay, never mind. I'm going to go into this whole retro looking back at it thing, so yeah. com- go ahead and continue. <laughs> so, yeah, some great performances. Of, who's the wife? Olivia something. Um, oh, yeah, that plain the, looking girl. <laughs> yes, the, well, the girl from The Postman and Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, so, yeah, and, you know, spoiler alert, at the end, Bruce Willis is dead. Well, let's, okay, let me just clarify a couple of things that, and just looking at this as if I hadn't seen the movie. Okay, Bruce Willis, he's a therapist. Some guy breaks into his house one night. He gets shot. In the, in the flow of the movie, you don't know that he has died. Right. Okay, he doesn't know that he has died. Right. He goes and he's working with this little kid, whatever. Um, the whole twist of the movie is is that at the end he doesn't realize or at the end he realizes he's dead but throughout the whole movie you're led to believe that he's still alive just working with his kid who uh, uh, sees dead people right okay so, so now the, the conceit of the movie is that you watch it so many times and they never in, nobody ever except the kid ever actually talks to Bruce sure but there is one moment that I've always found strange. And I okay. think we've talked about before. We have. And you know what? I have a solution to this. Okay. And go ahead. So I'll tell my side of the story. You tell yours. Yes. So there is a scene in which the boy comes home and um, Bruce Willis is sitting in the living room and Tony Collette is talking to the boy. Uh, and, and then she looks into the living room and says, you can talk to him. And then moves on and the boy goes in and talks to Bruce Willis right okay and I remember having this conversation but I just wa- I literally watched this movie maybe two days ago right she actually doesn't say that no no they're sitting in there's, there's two chairs they're facing each other uh-huh. okay Bruce Willis is in one she's in the other they're both just sitting there they're not saying anything the kid comes in she goes and does that weird little thing that's supposed to be endearing about what did you do today and she says, I won the lottery, blah, blah, blah. And it's like supposed to be these things that they both wanted to do, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, she actually, she says to the kid, uh, she says, I'm going to go make you dinner. Uh, you have an hour until dinner's ready. Mm-hmm. She never says anything to Bruce Willis. Because I remember when that scene first came on, mm-hmm. just the other day, I went, okay, I got to figure out if she says something to him. Yeah. And she doesn't. Well, no, but I thought, I, th- I thought the, the, she's, she's. What she's saying is to the boy that he should feel okay in talking to Bruce Willis. She never actually says anything to Bruce Willis, but I swear the line is you can talk to him. 
I no, you know what? It doesn't happen. And I and I was I was watching that movie like literally like a detective going, okay, wait a minute now, because I remember having the same problem with that scene. Right. Where I went, okay, she does talk to him, but at this, but when I watched it, literally like two days ago, she doesn't, she doesn't say anything to him. Well, no, no, I've never, no, I know. I've never maintained that she said anything to Bruce Willis. No, 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 no I know. Ta- I know what you're saying. She says to the kid, he's okay, or you can talk to him, or something like that. She doesn't. It. I, I guarantee you, go back and watch it. Okay. But that was the one scene, like you said, that I had that you know was a problematic for me, where uh-huh. Bruce Willis and it, I will I will give M Night Shyamalan some credit on this one uh-huh. because that movie he did make it very he he walked that line very very well. Yeah. Where it was, uh, he he didn't give it away too soon, mm-hmm. and he also didn't uh, overplay it. Yeah. You know. Unlike the rest of his films. Unlike every single other movie he's ever fucking made. I know. It's like it's like you take your one good idea, this this surprise ending that, that makes the rest of the movie look in a different fashion, and he's meant he's spent the rest of his career to debasing that concept right. by, by successively more and more obvious surprises. Yeah, exactly. Endings. And it's like I remember not even I've never even seen the village. But I remember when you went to see it, and you went, oh, yeah, you know what? There's a twist on that one, too. And I went, oh, uh, let me guess. And then I said it, and you're like, yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, whoa, that's fucking surprising. But, I mean, uh, the thing about The Sixth Sense was it was obviously such an homage, or, you know, in the uh, layman's terms, ripoff of uh, Hitchcock. He had the sa- he had some of the same shots that Hitchcock made, yeah. like the scene where the kid gets thrown into the uh, the little closet at the top of the stairs. Uh-huh. There was a Hitchcock shot where it was a spiral staircase. I mean, it was the same shot that Hitchcock used. And I mean, fine, whatever. He likes Hitchcock. Fine, good. He made a good movie. He really did. Sixth Sense is a good movie. Yeah. But um, it's sort of grading at this point. I think almost because all these other movies that have come out that he's made. Were so bad, yeah. so bad. The happening, really. I mean, I, that was ridiculous. I mean, M Night Shyamalan, if you're listening, and I hope you are, I will kick you right in the balls just for the happening. <laughs> yeah, the only one that has any any redeeming qualities is Signs. Unbreakable. Signs was good. Unbreakable's terrible. Unbreakable the is god awful. The happening is a terrible, and there's another one. Uh, uh, the, the the with the pond lady in the lake lady in the water. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God. Oh. And then he starts putting himself in his movies, and in The Lady in the Water, or whatever the hell it is, he makes himself like Jesus. And you're oh, like, what? Lord. Dude, that's like way too egotistical. But anyway, so The Sixth Sense is the beginning for him, and it was his high point. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I think that <laughs> Signs was... I, I liked Signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the scene where the... Which, I, I will always equate to Scary Movie 3, but the scene where the alien walked through, like right through the background or whatever, right. I was like, ooh, that was, when I saw it, I it was, was like, creepy. whoa! Yeah. You know? But it's like, in the sixth sense, one thing I did notice watching it, I haven't watched it for years, mm-hmm. was that um, it is 
ponderous. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, I get the fact that you want to sort of create this tension and you mm. don't want to give things away too soon and it's right. this very deliberate movie, but I mean, at some point you're like, get on with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's fine. And Haley Joel Osment, actually, I did notice that as a kid actor, kid actors are rarely any good. Right. But he actually was a good actor in that movie. He actually portrayed his part very well. Like, he he got across what he was supposed to. Indeed. You know. And Bruce Willis, though. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. This is very, uh, this might be a little nitpicky or something like that, but M. Night. Next time you cast Bruce Willis in one of your movies, get a better fucking hairpiece. <laughs> he looked like he had a fake fucking mohawk on that had fallen over. All right. Oh my God, it was distracting. <laughs> Seriously, if you watch that movie now, you would just go... I mean, my, my eyes were not on his face at all. His acting. I was just like, what's up with his hair? <laughs> What's going on What there? the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, it looked like somebody glued a goddamn, uh, like, like he said, like a fake mohawk that fell over on his head. Yeah. It's I like, know, I get you it. know I... what? You're not even, you're not fooled <laughs> by the fact, it's like, you, you don't think he has hair. You're going, it's just more obvious that he doesn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, anyway. so six Sixth Sense is pretty good. Pretty good. It, it was good. It was, um, it's one of those movies where it's sort of like the Blair Witch Project type of thing where at the time when you first see it, yeah. you go, whoa, mm-hmm. awesome, you know? But then on rewatchability, it's down. Yeah. You know? I know what you mean. Okay. I so. don't know. So next movie. Uh, oh, ham-fisted segue. Bam! Switching, uh, switching genres from hairpiece. Well, the, I mentioned Blair Witch. We'll go to Cloverfield. Hey, baby, boo! Hey, that wasn't so ham-fisted, was it? No. All right. Uh, Why did our voices get so high? I don't know. We just got some helium. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Okay. So Cloverfield. Cloverfield. <clears throat> yeah, football practice. Um. <laughs> I know I can always get you with that yes, one. Yes, you can. Um, so, Cloverfield. J.J. Um, Abrams' idea, uh, directed by somebody else, nobody else, um, and cast with a bunch of nobodies, uh, a bunch of annoying characters, get eaten by, by a large <laughs> monster rampaging through New York. A bunch of annoying characters. It's true. It, it is true. You're they, absolutely you right. You are never disappointed when they die true. in the movie. True. That that was the one thing that like is is very very blatant to me. Where it, it's like I don't care. It's like some some girl's head explodes, and you're like, oh well, she was kind of a douchebag. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, okay. So I mean, just to give a little background on the movie for anybody out there who hasn't seen it, uh-huh. would you like to do it or would you like go me ahead, to? Go okay. Ahead. So uh, the general idea is an American Godzilla. Yes. Cross with Blair Witch. Yes. There are some. Uh, there is a douchebag gathering. Yes. At somebody's douchebag apartment. Yes. I'm going to use the word douchebag a lot here. <laughs> um, 
and they're, they're, they're one of the guys is going away to Japan or something. Yes. And he, uh, they're giving him this surprise go away party, and um, <clears throat> he, uh, you know, he comes in. He's all upset that his girlfriend broke up with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but all of a sudden, there's an earthquake. Oh my God, what's happening? And then the Statue of Liberty's head sort of flies down their street and yeah. whatever. So basically, Godzilla is invading New York. But it's not Godzilla. No. It's some weird... Lizard thing. thing whatever. That drops weird bugs off. Right. And, yeah. And so, um, a character named HUD... Uh, Decides he can't let the camera go. He cannot let the camera go. He documents everything. So it's basically Godzilla mixed with Blair Witch. They're, they're running away from the monster. Their friends get uh, killed off by various things. Um, and it's a big... Uh, sci-fi picture that you really don't get to see much of. What do you mean? Like, if it was a non-Blair Witch type movie, right? you would see, you know, it's like, whoa. It look flip at that. back yeah, and yeah. forth across yeah, the city. Whatever, yada, so. yada, yada. I think, honestly, I've always liked Cloverfield. I, the, the shooting style doesn't annoy me. It doesn't give me seasickness like so many pussies say it does. Right. Um, and if you know what... <laughs> I swear to God, you know what, Phil? I would just, I will pick up your point and run with it. If you say that the Blair Witch Project gave you seasickness, fucking grow a pair of balls. <laughs> I am not kidding. The, the, home movies are the same fucking thing, so fucking <laughs> buck up, Sally. <laughs> well, all right. So anyway, that's my rant. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've always, despite the douchebaggy characters and, uh, and the, uh, strange choices in shooting and what have you, I find the movie engrossing. I, you know, when the girl explodes, it's kind of like, oh my God, what's going on? But, sure, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyable. I've, I, I've rarely met people who felt the same though. Well, see, I think this is a movie that I've had, I've heard very uh, different opinions on. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people just love it. I mean, some people are like, "Oh man, that was the, oh that was a great movie. It was awesome, whatever." Right. Um, and some people are like, "Well, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't. <laughs> what the fuck was going on? Like, you know, you only barely see the monster, or whatever." And I understand exactly what the point of the movie was. Right. Like, okay, what if this happened and there was some guy with a camera, or whatever. You know, I get that, and I appreciate that, and I do like the movie, uh-huh. and I don't want to give the impression that I don't, because I think that it's a very, I think it's a really good, I was watching it late, uh, you know, just a few days ago or whatever, and I think it's a really, it's very seamless, really. Yeah. You don't, you don't see these weird, like, in a lot of uh, sci-fi or effects-driven movies, mm-hmm. you see certain scenes where you go, oh, maybe that was done at the end when I didn't have any money left, kind of. Right. Yeah. You know, but you don't see that in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's very seamless, you know. The one the one complaint I did have about... Well, okay, sorry. Two complaints I did have <laughs> about that movie. Yeah. Two complaints. One is that, honestly, the characters were all so vapid and just douchebaggy. Yes. Okay, and then... And so it's hard to care about them. It's like, it's... It's hard to go, oh, I really want them to get out of here, you know. And yeah, because you don't. Because you really don't. You're like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> oh, the annoying chick died. Yeah, oh, darn. But the other thing was, 
Uh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. Um, the other thing was is that if it's going to be this sort of reality-based, you know, this is happening right now kind of thing, uh-huh. the monster shows up wherever they are. Like, New York, as much as people want to think that New York City, in Manhattan specifically, is, a, is just this tiny little place, it's a pretty big place, really. Right. And the monster just happens to be there all the time. You well, know? Not really. Well, right, but okay. So the monster comes to the one building and, uh, you know, is fighting. There's like six different examples I could give here. Then he, the monster comes right to HUD, the photographer, and eats, and eats him. him. But doesn't even eat him. And you see the camera fall down and you see HUD's head fucking hit the ground. And he's like, oh shit, well, uh, what? You know? Yeah. I don't know. That was, and that's a very minor quibble. Quibble? I, yeah, quibble, whatever. But, um, <laughs> but I like the movie, I do. Um, I think, uh, I think it was a very, honestly, it was a fairly gutsy approach to making a movie like that. Yeah, probably. You know, compare it to Godzilla, the yeah. remake of Godzilla, which is obviously the most, uh, you know, comparable movie to right. that. Godzilla was a straightforward Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. And if you, if I think that if anybody but J.J. Abrams would have said to a, like a studio head, hey, look, I want to make the Godzilla Blair Witch Project, they would have been like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get, get it. it. I don't like it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but so, Cloverfield, yay. Um,. Last picture. I went to see Splice. Yes. <coughs> um, <laughs> oh well, okay. But Phil's clearing his throat. Get, get ready, listeners. Um, it had to be one of the most demented and wrong films I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh boy. Sarah Polly. I wanted. I wanted the two characters to just die. I was like, these are the stupidest scientists in film history. Okay, okay but you got so, it. Okay. Story. I haven't seen this, by the way. Yes. Story, uh, as much as I can uh, <laughs> get it together. Um, these two people are scientists trying to create a... Um, okay, so they created this weird crossbreed of a bunch of different animals in the by combining their DNA mm-hmm. so they can harvest a protein for a uh, for a, uh, a drug company okay. like Pfizer or something yeah. you know and um, fuck you Pfizer by the way I don't know why but okay uh, fair enough um, you know I'm trying so, to go for the whole ain't cool news thing you know get so, sued yeah so go ahead <laughs> so um, they finish their project they make these weird little um, kind of slug looking things that are that produce this protein and then they right. decide you know well why don't we um, go into producing human uh, we, we throw in human genes and so um, they throw in human genes oh why not right? and, and you know like in their spare time um, <laughs> yeah grow this little thing and uh, this little thing yeah is it that little baby weird looking thing I saw online because I looked it up yeah. online you it is. You. And uh, so it grows very fastly into a woman. A woe man? A woe man. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then they, uh, they have these constant battles about whether they should kill it 
or you know what what should we do with this people are going to find out what's going to happen to us yada 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 things go wrong movie ends badly for them um so, <laughs> that's, I, I don't know do you want me to give away the ending shall we discuss it it's worth discussing, but I don't want to spoil No, go it. ahead, go ahead. I would like to discuss rather than save it for later. Go okay. ahead. So, the, okay, so at the end of the movie, um, the girl is getting desperate. She's falling in love with Adrian Brody. The, the Who hasn't? Half-breed, half okay. uh, or Wait. less than half-breed. Hold on, Adrian Brody is a half-breed? Their, their child. Oh, okay. Their, Quote-unquote quote, quote, child. child. Okay. Because um, she's not allowed to see anybody, so that's the only man in her life. Despite the fact that it's kind of her father, she's falling in love with it. And eventually they have sex. Wait a minute. Hold on. I need, like, a Venn diagram here. What? <laughs> uh, okay. Adrian Brody is the co-scientist. With Sarah Polly. Okay. Who's, who's the kid now? It's the thing they created. They think we created. Okay, so who is it she has sex with? Adrian Brody. The creature has sex with Adrian Brody. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. And it turns out that the human DNA they used was Sarah Polly's, and that she never wanted a normal child. So, um, but eventually... Oh, Jesus. We're getting there. We're getting there, people. Okay, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, following. I'm um, following. So, But no, I'm, I'm telling you this is where the movie takes a turn. Oh, boy. Okay. So, okay. They're, remember they created the two slugs. Okay. Um, uh, to, to produce this protein that the company needs. Right. They're in, the best scene in the movie by far is the scene at which they introduce these slugs um, to the world in a press conference. Okay. Because the girl... Uh, slug has morphed into a boy slug and she's introduced the other boy slugs so they can make other little slugs at the press conference but she's turned into a dude so they fight and kill each other in their little cage at the press conference everybody in the press conference is splattered with blood it's the best scene in the movie it's it where yeah. it reaches that macabre <laughs> level at its best so wow. um okay. so at the end of this movie following that the creature they have created this girl turns into a boy oh lord and proceeds to kill several of the male characters uh attempts to kill adrian brody rapes sarah polly holy lord uh, who then kills the beast and then the movie closes the best character in the movie is the head of the corporation who's played by this Romanian Quebecois with a fantastic French accent. Um, and uh, at the end, uh, because Adrian Brody's dead, Sarah Polly's sitting in the, in the co- head of the corporation's office, and she's selling her baby with this creature to the corporation for the pursuit of science. Holy freaking Lord, Phil. Isn't I, that something? Did, <laughs> I mean, did, I don't even know what to say about it. it did I just... Of, did, honestly, did I just start doing meth? You because, might have. Oh my god. This movie was insane. And it brings up some very interesting points. It was certainly a conversation starter for me and the people I saw it with. Wow. Um, a, you know, for abortion, genetic testing, Morality yada yada. And, yeah, wow. yeah, it's all there. It's, it's fascinating in that sense. Um, from a story perspective, you're like you, most of the time you're kind of like holding your head, going, 
Oh, I mean, yeah. there were times when it went so far over the top, like when it, yeah, that I started giggling. Right, right. You know, like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. Well, but you know what the thing is, though, is it's like, hey, you know what? If you make a movie like that, fucking go for it. Exactly. You know? And that's and they did. Oh man, wow! I'm gonna have to see this movie now. There is no reason that I could not see this movie at this point. <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is, is that by the time that I see this movie, which maybe I don't know. Who knows how long it'll be? Yeah. Um, tomorrow, shit. Um, I will have completely forgotten all you said because it was one of those um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation moments <laughs> where I was trying to follow along and I'm like, you just completely blew my brains out my ear, Phil. <laughs> I have no idea what exactly happened just now, but it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can easily say that I recommend the picture just because it is so interesting. But you certainly have to be aware that you are going to see some very sick shit. Right. Well, that I have no problem with that. <laughs> I don't, honestly. And see, the thing is, and this is maybe, this is going off the subject a little bit. I think that, I wish there was more movies like that where people would, uh, you know, push, the, push it a little bit. Right. You know, where it's like, okay, fine, <laughs> you know what, this may be gross or this may be controversial or right. this may be whatever. Uh, but whatever, it's it's uh, it's something you should watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or for, think all, about. for all intents and purposes, this is kind of what science fiction is supposed to do. Sure. It's to take you to uncomfortable places, make you think about ideas that sure. you might not want to think about. Yeah, and you know, and I, oh man, we've ragged on him so much that I feel weird saying this. Uh-huh. But you know what? One person that actually sort of, I think, got that a little bit more than some people for a while? Uh-huh. Joe Esterhaus. Really? Yeah. And follow me here. I'm following. Okay. This is not... We're not talking about Spawn anymore. But... Um, <laughs> Splice. Splice. Spawn. Whatever. <laughs> you know, that movie. Um, but think about it. Okay. He wrote um, uh, Basic Instinct. Yes. Okay. Which was supposed to be this sort of pushing the boundaries of sexuality kind of... Which it didn't... I don't know if it really came across that way. Right. But whatever. Okay. And I've read a couple of his books... Mm-hmm. And he seems like a very smart guy. And I think that that's one of the things I got is that he sort of thought, and I'm just using this as an example. Uh-huh. I'm not pimping Joe Westeros here. But it's like you have to, if, you're, if you have the opportunity to make a movie where, uh, you know, some sort of boundary is pushed, go for it. Push it. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. It's like Night of the Living Dead. It's like, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction even. Yeah. You know, fucking do it. I love it. Go for it. Uh, go, you crazy kids. <laughs> so that's our show, everybody. Okay. We need some, like, wrap-up music. I know, right? I just, I, <laughs> you know what? And the thing is, I've been actually thinking about it. And you know what we should do? I've been thinking about this for a while. And, you know, people, you can tell us if you like this. I'd love to start c- c- including, as a closing to the show, some really cheesy soundtrack music. Like what? Well, like maybe um, the Grace Jones theme music to the Avengers. Awesome. Or the the, uh, Taylor Dane music to uh, the Shadow. You know, I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, nice. Where where you could just have it be a little cheesy, a little fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all about it. And in fact, here's the thing I was thinking about, and it's right along the same lines. Uh I was honestly thinking about going back and editing in a couple of like intro and outro musics, mm-hmm. musics, 
musics. Uh, you know, I mean, like, it, whatever. But it wouldn't interfere because even if I went back and edited them back in, uh-huh. it would just be this sort of, you know, we'd have to decide on something. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, we could just sort of go, you know, we'd have this thing that we do and you people would never know the difference unless you had listened before. And or want to again. suggest a song. Hey, there something. you go. So, Phil, I, I think that that's very definitely a possibility. Yes. For the so, future. Yes. Well, the future is now, Ooh. by the way. Which, the future, <laughs> but the future wasn't now before because those were in the can, as they say. I'm getting all meta, and I'm going to stop. So, where can they contact us, Phil? Can you, FBI? C-A-N-U, letter U, F. No, not you, not letter U. Not it's can Y-O-U. Really? Uh-oh. We've hit a hitch, people. <laughs> can you FBI uh, at, at gmail.com? You can uh, find us at Podcast Machine and iTunes, which you obviously know if you're listening. And, Phil, take us out, man. We haven't done this in forever. Take us out. Can you fucking believe it? Yes, I can.